Turning your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, we're going to roll into our communion in just a few minutes. And I want to tie all this together. And I mean all of it. Communion of what we're doing tonight. uh, The meeting right afterwards, which is vitally important to what we're doing as a church. Serving together and these things. But um, I want to talk about the power of unity. The, The power of unity. The, the, there's so many things that I, I love to do as a church. And I, and I know it just can sound like I'm talking. Let me talk for a minute. I just, you know, if you, if you ever get around people and they just, you, you know what they love. You know what they're excited about because they can't stop talking about it, okay? You get around somebody that loves sports and they, they know all the, the, the game's going on, the scores and all this thing. They love talking about it. Well, there's certain things that I love to talk about. I, I love my church. I love what God does when his people come together to serve. I enjoy it. It's not just work. One of my favorite times of the year is our church picnic. I love showing up out there for all of us to have fun together and play games and enjoy the fellowship and the unity that we have. I love doing the drama together to watch behind the scenes of how many people are working in different areas and then those people that come out and do their thing and one person's up here singing a song where the other person would rather die than have to be on the stage. And they're up in the balcony pushing a button or doing something. But we all come together to do that. But I love VBS. You say, why is that? It's, it's long days. It's long hours. It's lots and lots of work. It's lots and lots of being out in the heat and driving in the buses and all those things. But if you've ever been involved in it and you experience what it means to be part of seeing life change and experience what it's like to work together with other people to see this. It's awesome. The big reason that I do it is it's not just the the product of it, but it's the act of doing that together. I I love what God does when God's people come together. Now we, uh, the last three days, I know a lot of you guys know this already, last three days I've been gone with a group. We had 68 of us that went to Pennsylvania uh, from our church, and we went down there to watch uh, uh, an activity, or did an activity where we watched a drama. And so we were gone. We had a great time doing that. We watched this drama called Samson and the Bible story, and, and it was such a great time. And then I pulled back in the parking lot, and as I'm driving into the parking lot, I saw all the work that everybody of our church came to do. And uh, the, the, the mulch and weeding the flower beds, and the, the, the yard was all cleaned up and everything. Then I go to the back, and I'm parking the bus. And when I go back there, there's all the stuff that they've been working on. And uh, the Pastor Dave and Rick Coey and my son Jordan and Iris and uh, Victor and a bunch of them came together. And it's amazing what happens when everybody takes their abilities and their, we're, we're all one church accomplishing one thing but doing different things. Richard, do you have any of those pictures? I don't know if they even had time. I want you guys to see, went back to the thing. This is the, the life-size uh, jet thing that they're building. What's it called? X-Wing. X-Wing. Okay. You guys act like I should just know that should be part of my vocabulary or something. So Pastor Dave is doing this. And of course, it's not, it's not painted yet. It doesn't all have the thrills and things. But, but this thing is about 20 feet wide and about 20-some feet long. And it's going to take up this whole stage. Go to the next thing. Then they're, then they're building this. Uh, back. Go to the next one. So, so th- that's a laser thing that they built in there. And then the, the next one, I think. Okay, so this is going to be that giant robot thing with four legs. This ATAT, yes. Thank you, guys. That's going to hang out of the ceiling. The legs are going to come all the way down to this. But I'm, I'm, I'm just, like, amazed at this. 
I am just like baffled at what happened. And it's everybody's talents. And, and if you saw the backdrop, Rick Coey painted this backdrop that will go from one to the other that looks like space and sky and all of this stuff. And I thought, how cool is that? When it's, it's not a competition of outdoing each other or anything like that. It's, it's whether you're moving mulch, fixing a bus, painting a backdrop, or, or, or just coming together. God is glorified and God is exalted through the unity of God's people. When we come together to do things together, it is like a rope. If you see the strength of a rope, if you ever take a rope and you pull it apart, a rope is made up of a bunch of tiny little pieces that when they all come together and they're bound together, it creates something strong that you literally could pull a bus with. But individually, they can break. Guys, that is what we are as a church. There's power in the unity of God's people coming together to form something to form a strength that we could not do by ourselves. And people say, well, the church isn't important. The church is important. God's people coming together to serve, to fellowship, to worship, to enjoy each other is important. There's power in it. There's strength in it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. And I'll, I'll be brief, and then we'll roll into this, and then we'll roll right into our meeting tonight. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, That you walk, the word walk means to live. I want you to walk or live worthy, which becometh or which is uh, appropriate, a godly sort. You walk, you live out in such a way of your way of life or your vocation or calling, which you are called. He said, man, what would it be like if all of God's people literally lived out their life, not just the Sunday thing, Not just a now and then thing, not just when you're recruited, but all of us live our entire daily lives if you lived in such a way, in such a way that God called you to live. To glorify God, use your talents and ability to do all of these things, but this is how. And explains for us to do them together. I, I, I I I will walk out of here, I'll be... A, a dad, I will, I will serve, I will go do a funeral tomorrow. There's all these things that I do as an individual. But then there's something about coming together. And you guys look over your shoulder. When we come together, there are certain things that God can do in greater strength or greater ability when we come together to do these things. That's why verse 2 is so important. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, one another together, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, there's one spirit, even as you're called, one hope of your calling. There's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one God, and the Father law who is above all and through all and in you all. And I know the, the, the point is very clear at the end of this, they're saying there's one mission, there's one God to be glorified. There's one purpose of what you do. There's one purpose and reason for all of that stuff. But there's a bunch of us that do that. I want to focus on this thought. of How in the world do we have the power of unity? How do we accomplish? How do we tap into to what God has for us in doing this? That we serve God united. That we give out the gospel united. That we reach our community united. That we come in here in a room of different people and we worship God tonight uh, in unity and together. There's one focus in all of these things. And let me tell you, unity is not easy. So let me give these things. Number one, we start with the power of unity. Verse three, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. 
There is not multiple Holy Spirits, just so you don't say the, the unity of the Spirit is not talking about bringing multiple spirits of God together, but multiple people that have the Spirit of God. And when do, we do that, we endeavor to keep the unity or the oneness because there's power in it. There's power in us working together. There's power when we serve together. Someone uh, during vacation Bible school, there would be someone up here on the stage and there'll be somebody in the back checking in the kids and there'll be somebody out in the parking lot fixing the bus as it comes in. There'll be somebody bringing a kid uh, through the hallways and make sure they don't get anything. And there'll be somebody up there pushing the buttons and somebody that will build and somebody that will clean and somebody that will talk and those that will not want to talk. No matter what the vocation or the calling is that God has given us, the Bible says that there's one reason for what you do, and that's for the glory of God. If you want to see everything fall apart, come in here and do it for your self-recognition. Do it because you think that you have something to offer the church. And I'm not saying that you don't. I just don't want you to have it wrong that it's all about you offering it to the church rather than you glorifying God. And I know there's a lot of talent Guys, the seeing the stuff that happens and transpires in this building and on this stage and everything blows me away. It's amazing. Uh, but our talents unified are amazing. Our, our, it's productive. It's impactful. But the problem is we're all people. Now, you, you can have the Spirit of God and you can be all holy and righteous, but I'm just going to get down to it. People can get jealous. People can be oversensitive. So that's why this verse comes in, verse 2, and it says, this is how you're going to do it. If you're going to serve God and bring glory to God, and you're going to do it together in togetherness and unity and all this, you've got to understand how this works, and this is how it works. It must be done with all lowliness. It must be done with meekness. You must have long-suffering. You must forbear one another. You must do these things together. So here's the challenge. We go from the power to the challenge. Because I tell you, the power will be challenged all the time. Satan will not like the unity that we have. When we're working together and we've got a group of people praying together and a work group of people up here doing this, he wants nothing more than for me to get mad at Dave and Dave to get mad at Greg and Greg to get mad at Dave behind him and all of this. He wants us divided and he will stop at nothing to get us agitated. All right, let's just be honest. Has anybody in here ever been agitated at anybody else that's in this room? Raise your hand right now. We're going to have an altar call for the rest of you guys that are lying. Okay. Here we are, carnival. We get here first thing in the morning. It's like 8 o'clock in the morning. And dude, we're, we're, we're cranking out. We're excited. Everybody is on coffee and caffeine and we're going. By 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the sun's starting to get to you, Okay. And then all of a sudden, I don't care, just get that done. And what are you doing over there? And you know, it just, it kind of builds. Seven o'clock kind of comes, the kids are coming in, you get more excited, whatever. Eight, nine, ten, now we're putting things away. Eleven o'clock, we're putting things away. Twelve o'clock, we're re-putting things away that were put away wrong. <laughs> One o'clock, we're saying, why is there a funnel cake on the church, you know, banister why who would throw a snow cone at the side of the building it's just and and, and a, after a while I'm, I'm not just saying this it's easy to get agitated with one another do you think that there's a reason that God put this in the middle of this he's you you might get upset with it and say well I'm just leaving I'll go find a church where I don't get irritated with people I promise you as long as there's people there's going to be irritation it's just, and it's in our flesh. 
I can show you the most spiritual person in this room and you're going to get irritated with other people and you're going to irritate other people. You don't even know you're doing it. It just comes out. It just happens. You say, why? Because we have an enemy. We have an enemy. You guys tell me who our enemy is. Tell me. Wrong. It's our flesh. When we're stressed out, Satan's like telling all the demons of hell, don't stop off at fellowship. They're working long days. <laughs> they'll, they'll, their flesh will you know, take care of themselves. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not saying that Satan doesn't show up. And I'm not going to dare say that he doesn't fight. But I'm going to tell you right now, when he looks at our flesh being irritated, when you're getting off work and you fight traffic for an hour, and then you show up at church to deal with three, 400 kids at one time, you're going to tell me you're not going to get irritated your flesh isn't getting in control. You're wrong. But we fight. We fight to keep the unity. The, 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 he was saying, let me give you a challenge. He said, let me make you aware of the battle that comes with this. He said, endeavoring. That, that, that literally means, that word endeavoring right there, when he says that, that it means to make an effort. You have to make a conscience effort to keep the peace. That's what he said. Listen to this. It means to make an effort. It gives to give diligence to labor at. To keep unity, it doesn't just naturally happen. You have to work at it. To keep unity in your house, you have to work at it. To keep unity with your spouse, you have to work at it. Not one amen on that entire site. Did you see that? <laughs> but it's true. It doesn't naturally happen. Let me tell every young couple that gets into fights with your spouse and you're thinking, oh, we're just not compatible. No, you're just human. You're going to fight. You're going to get upset. You're going to get agitated. You've got to endeavor. You've got to work at it. The word keep right there means to to guard. You have to fight to guard the unity because our flesh will dissolve it. The devil will dissolve it. Do you know why there are so many church splits? Do you know why so many churches fail? Because they don't do this phrase right here. They're not endeavoring. They're not fighting to keep the unity. We have to fight for it. You say, how do you do that? Well, it's a good thing you asked because it's right here. With, God says, I'm going to give you four tools. Use these four tools and I promise you. Bible school, junior church, uh, vacation Bible school coming up, carnival night, uh, choir, Bus ministry, wherever you serve, will be a lot better and more powerful and impactful when you do these things. So with lowliness, this is what you have to apply in your marriage, in your ministry. During those five weeks that, or five nights that we're coming together, lowliness is humiliation of mind. It's modesty of mind. It means to lower yourself. Not to put yourself above other people. Not the thing you're being puffed up. It's exactly how Jesus lived. You lower yourself. With lowliness of mind, he became a servant, even unto death. Which, let's just make application of this. When you, when you have the humility of mind, nobody's walking through saying, you know what, I've done Bible school 20 years in a row. I know what I'm doing. Now, you know what we do? We all walk in servants, not only to serve the kids, but to serve one another. And guys, I know I'm making application to Bible school, but these, these things should be applied all the time. I don't care how long you've been in this church, and I've been here 16 years, some of you have been here 50 years, some of you have been 50 days. We're all different. There are no big shots. 
You guys get that? There's no big shots. There's one God, one Savior, one baptism, one salvation. You, you realize everything of all of our talents goes straight up to one thing. All of us should walk around like this. Why, why, why are you taking those, escorting those kids to the bathroom for the glory of God? Why are you driving the bus for the glory of God? Why are you on the stage acting for the glory of God? Why are you leading the music for the glory of God? Why are you the pastor of this church? For the glory of God. None of us have arrived. I'm not saying that some don't have more experience and we should lean on that experience. I'm not saying that some of us don't have different talents and different abilities. But you know what makes us strong? You know what that unity is? Because where I am weak, guys, crazy things are going to happen. And there's some weaknesses that I have. There might even be a baby dedication that I have that I can't even pronounce one name of the person on, people on this stage. That could happen. I was fearful of that this morning. The Lord said, take a mic and give it to them. None of of us have it all figured out. But I tell you, Chris is going to lean on Andrew. And and I'm going to lean on Dave. And Dave's going to lean on Greg. And you know what we do when we're all leaning on each other and we're all doing it? There's power in that. When we lower ourselves to say, guys, at the end of the day, the only one that needs to be lifted up is Jesus. Lower ourselves. Number two, it says meekness. Meekness relates to the manner in which we receive injuries. Because sometimes people come to church and they have a bad day. And sometimes people say things that they don't really mean. And sometimes they're, they're going through a tragedy in their life that they don't even tell you about. And sometimes it's the anniversary of, of their spouse's death and they're not going to tell you that. But it comes out of their attitude or their actions or what they say to you. And the Bible says how you respond to that is in meekness. Meekness relates to the manner in which you receive energy, uh, injuries. It, it, it's telling you how you respond. How do you react when somebody does something? Do you retaliate? Do you turn to somebody else and you slander them? Do we respond with gossip? Do we strike back? How, do, how is our response to those? Because our flesh will tell you to, to rise up and say something smart. Or to get even. Or to get them back. But the Bible says in this last part, if you endeavor to keep the peace, do it with humility. Respond in meekness. Then here's the third one. It's, this isn't easy. It's long-suffering. Bearing patiently with the faults and infirmities of others. It means you have to put up with one another. That's what it means. When it's not easy. When it's not convenient. When you don't want to. It means people will fail and people will let you down and people will mess up and people will make mistakes. And by the way, so do you. In the same way that God's calling you to give them long suffering, God's calling them to give you long suffering. Say, what does this look like? Long suffering is loving each other even though we don't agree with them all the time. It means you can walk into a classroom and say, well, I think we should put the kids down for a nap and I think we should let them play for five more minutes to wear them out a little more. And, and all of a sudden, well, who are I? No, and God says, wait, wait, wait a minute. It's not about you. Sometimes we back off and just say, you know what, that's a good idea. Let's try that. And if they mess up, just say, hey, we'll just fix that tomorrow night because it's not about us. And then it says, forbearing one another in love, showing grace beyond what they deserve. It means that 
forbearing one another or, or, or tolerating or loving on one another in love of what it is talking about, it means showing them grace beyond what they deserve. It means when you do see somebody walking through and they're frustrated or they're aggravated or they're saying things they shouldn't, you, you, you give them a hug instead of giving them your mind. You encourage them. Give them your seat. You open the door. Can I help you? Can I love on you? Everything that I just said, these four things go, are completely against our flesh. But you know what God wants is unity. He wants us to come in here together. He wants the strength that we can have. He wants the ones in the audience praying for the ones on the stage and the ones on the stage encouraging the ones on the bus and the ones on the bus appreciating the ones that are in the nursery. And we all work together because we're all here for the same purpose. But when that all happens... The one that is glorified is Jesus Christ. The one that is edified is our Savior. Because there's power in unity and there's a challenge for the unity. But I'll tell you, the last thing in verse 16, there is joy in the unity. There's joy in it. Notice what it says. From the whole body fitly joined together. You know what that is? It's unity. It's every one of us fitly joined together. But if I'm mad or I, I'm, I'm gossiping against you or I'm upset with you, we're not fitly joined together. We're not going to work together. We're not going to glorify God together. It means younger and older, new members and charter members, saved for three days or those that are saved for 30 years. It takes it a step further and says compacted. By which every joint supply, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, You get the most out of the body of Christ when we're connected. And then it says, make it increase. You know what that means? It's productive. The church will be productive when we put those four things into action. We we will not only be productive in the fact that we can gather into a room afterwards and say, man, we led so many kids to Christ or all this or that. And you say, man, that is great. You know what would be great? It's the fact that we're arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder because of the unity and the blessing that we have. There's joy in serving God together. Because there's joy in it. I'd rather do that than anything else. I get excited to walk back into Fellowship Hall or go out on a work day or whatever, walk into a room and work together. I like to be with you guys. I like to serve God with the people that love God. There's joy in those things. People will be reached and the Lord will be glorified. You know why I think this is so important? Because if the Bible says that those things are in place, and it says it maketh increase of the body unto its edifying itself in love, you know what the edifying, it means building up. Building up of each other. You should walk out from an event at Bible school. No, I can't believe he had the right. Or did you hear what she said? It shouldn't be like that. We should be edified. Man, man that was so much fun. Man, I love my church. I love my church family. I love serving together. That's what it's saying. It should be edified, built up in love. And if it's not, when churches are dying and churches are falling apart and everybody's saying, well, it's living in the last days. Is it because we're living in the last days or we're not doing these things? I I, I think we write that off too much. Well, we're living in the last days. And God says, why? Or maybe it's because there's no meekness, no no long suffering, no no gentleness or kindness. There's none of the things that should be in the church. And yes, you're falling apart. And it's not because you're living in the last days. Because you guys don't know how to treat each other. So I'm going to tell you guys right now. There's days during Bible school I'm going to be irritated. 
And I'm telling you, you got an obligation to love me anyways. You got that right. That's the whole thrust. That's the takeaway from the message. I'm going to have a bad day and I want you to love me. That's, that's the whole premise of all this. No, seriously, we're all going to have bad days. We're all going to be worn out. You're all going to have somebody pull you aside or that parent that pulls you aside and you're going to pick up a kid and mom's going to meet you at the door. All those things are going to happen. But then we come behind each other and we lift each other up, we love on each other and we move forward. I can't wait because I know that serving God is a joy.